0: Welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. Good to be here. Yeah. Summer series. And we are doing everything you need to know, everything you need to know about Vanguard. It's uh, a- Vanguard? Vanguard, yes. (laughs) Um, So Vanguard, which is the funds management organization that- everyone knows basically in the world and we're going to talk to you about this for about 15 minutes maybe 20 if we push it a bit. We're going to tell you everything you need to know but obviously we're going to have resources as we have with our other summer series our shorter format episodes. Remember this is not part of our usual uh, programming. We're doing this in summer in January because uh, it's a good way to kind of get people up to speed that may be new to these concepts or topics. Uh, there will be other episodes and Drew and I will be back with Uh, questions and answer sessions in feb so drew vanguard do you invest with vanguard yes okay that's it that's the episode (laughs) quite broadly (laughs) okay so
1: uh, uh, you struggle to find someone that doesn't or hasn't yeah in some particularly an advisor and likely an investor as well yep they're they're just like the definition or so central to investing in in the last 30 years Mm,
0: yeah so, Vanguard started in 1975 in Malvern, Pennsylvania. And I do have a note here that that's near Dracula's family office. Uh, <laughs> did I say that correctly? <laughs> Jack Bogle or John Bogle. Uh, he started out with a very simple idea that he looked around and thought, everyone seems to be doing worse than the index. As in, most of the fund managers aren't doing as well as the Dow or the SP500. Uh surely there's a way to just do what that thing does and provide that to investors in a low-cost so way. he
1: started the active versus passive debate debate yeah. in 1975.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, there's- he Jack actually passed away uh, a few years ago in 2019. And at the time, I wrote this uh, short thing, which I'll just quote. In 1974, after being fired from his high-flying finance job, John, a.k.a. Jack Bogle, set about creating something which would later be called an index fund. I'll forgive you for not knowing who Bogle was, what Vanguard does, or the trials he had to endure to see his idea flourish. But I believe the idea Bogle set in motion had the most significant impact on, our financial, on the financial lives of Australians more than any other person in history. End quote. Now, there's a pretty simple reason, um, but it's like tectonic plates that he set in motion um, around this, which is that... He looked around and he thought, yeah, well, all these active funds are doing uh, not doing as well. And we've got a session on uh, index investing coming up. But um, he also found that even people who bought individual stocks did worse because the fees were so high. This is yeah. like the 1950s, 60s, 70s yeah. when brokerage was sky high and all these types of things. You couldn't buy everything. So, yeah. he is actually credited with the first index fund. However- Ever. Which kind of cannibalized his own industry. It did, yeah, from yeah. where he came. Yeah. But this is the thing. He wasn't actually the first one to launch an index fund. The co-founder of Dimensional is believed to have launched the first index fund that was properly marketed. But he is, Bogle is basically the poster child for that. For indexing. Yep. Yeah. So, my belief is that Vanguard is the most single most disruptive force that has ever, like it's probably the, the most disruptive force, period, if you think about disruptive organizations or companies, it has, in simple terms, probably given you 10 years more of your retirement. Yeah. Not necessarily because you invest with Vanguard, but because it's impact on the industry of what we call finance.
1: And the provision of capital. Or the, you know, essentially, what they're doing is allowing investors to offer capital to businesses.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because they're, t- they're keeping- more in your pocket, which then means you're investing more and you're also able to draw down more in retirement. Um, It hasn't hasn't been so great for the high-flying finance industry, but for the most part, it's incredible. Like The Productivity Commission found that if you just picked a low-fee super fund, which may or may not use index funds, but it probably is something similar, um, and they tended to have high performance, which we know they tend to do compared to active funds, it added between two and seven years to your retirement.
1: Yeah. cost over the long long term, cost is so important, keeping yep. costs under control, and that's what they're... And the entire premise was built on how management fees are supposed to be charged, which is the idea that as your assets go up, the cost of managing those assets reduces. Yeah. And most, uh, it's only really groups like Vanguard and BlackRock that actually, that are, that are implementing that.
0: Yeah. So, interestingly, um, he first did his thesis on this idea of an index fund and index investing in 1951. And I said to you off air that that was the same year that Warren Buffett named Geico as his <laughs> favourite security to watch. Um, and it's incredible. That was the same year. But um, So, active and passive active, both work. Yeah, both, <laughs> both sides. But what was interesting is then if you think about that, it took him twenty three years from the idea to actually make it happen. Which is incredible. Yeah. It's a long time. Like, imagine if you had an idea nowadays as a startup, you're like, This is a great idea. Twenty three years later. <laughs> <you're> like, <laughs> you'd have ten startups that come and go between that time. Well it was it was like a socialization of
1: investing. Yeah, like Democratisation.
0: Which is yeah. probably if you said that word socialization. Yeah, in the in the fifties, sixties, seventies. You're not going to get. You're going to win was, too many friends, yeah, yeah commies yeah, and all that sort of stuff back yeah. then. Um, We're going to give money back to the people. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't sound great. It redistributed wealth. <laughs> that's just not good. Um, today, Vanguard manages over seven trillion US dollars. That's ten trillion Aussie. Ten trillion. So it's equivalent to Australia's GDP for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> so managed all of Australia, by Vanguard. Yep, yeah, yeah. just managed by Vanguard. Uh, but it is not the biggest. The biggest index fund provider or asset manager in the world is BlackRock.
1: Only I remember meeting them and talking to them about the race to ten trillion. Yeah, at right. BlackRock and uh, Vanguard. I think maybe State Street or someone else was. Yeah, behind. State Street's the yeah. third. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, interesting. Interestingly, BlackRock is a public company. Uh, it is what is it? I measured it this morning: one hundred and ten billion US dollar market cap. So, it's actually interesting. You go into some of the big Vanguard funds and you see BlackRock is a holding. Yeah. (laughs) They're that big. (laughs) Yeah, they're that big. So, it just goes to show how incredibly dominant these businesses are. They call them the big three of index funds and ETFs. See, Vanguard is- um, Like a a co-op? Yeah. It's it's because unique ownership structure. I believe it's just the US funds own the structure of Vanguard. Yeah. So the funds themselves own Vanguard, the organization. Yeah. You can't buy it. Uh, it's not publicly listed. Yeah. It's not, and it's not held by any one individual. Yeah. So if you are an investor in Vanguard's US funds, there's some ownership in there that connects back to the mothership. Yeah. And this is, I believe, this just makes it unstoppable.
1: Yeah. Because self perpetuating. Yeah.
0: How can you compete against something which is the lowest cost, but also puts all those costs back into low end costs? Yeah. It's like Amazon on steroids. And race to zero. Race to zero. Yeah, basically. Yeah. There are already zero. I think BlackRock may even have some zero-fee funds. Yeah. But um, it's in, it's an incredible business. And it's probably, I don't have the numbers, but I would imagine it's probably the most trusted brand in funds management. Surely it would have to be up there.
1: It have to be close and most recognized. Yeah. So, as, you know, BlackRock is massive and advisors probably know that well. But Vanguard's personal, their their connection with the consumer in multiple countries. significant
0: Mm. it's actually it's actually funny because um i was in sydney last week as you know and i was chatting to another etf provider and they were saying oh it's really interesting you know our average etf balance is eighty thousand dollars so an average investor has eighty thousand dollars of our etfs whereas with vanguard they they said it was five thousand dollars or something then i just did the numbers there's only some funds that are Below 10 k, but for example, the Vanguard VAS ETF in Australia, which is the Australian Shares ETF, the average trade size is twenty one thousand. Yeah. With VDHG, which is their like off the shelf solution, which is probably the most popular in Australia if you're darks a retail investor, five thousand dollars is the average trade size. Yeah. So Vanguard has this incredible ability to engage millions of people around the world with smaller balances. Whereas, they and we've talked about this on the show before, how they tend to not focus on institutional money. So, if like you've got a big super fund that wants to invest with them, they're not as inclined as some to take $10 billion and manage that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they would do it for the right <laughs> price, but um, they tend to f- Because they've, they've they've managed to cut through directly to the end investor and say, here's an ETF. Here's a fund that you can invest in off the shelf, yep. um, which is incredible considering- how hard it is to get financial advice here in Australia. That's why it's got so much trust, I guess.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that's yeah the why they've launched their direct consumer superannuation product this year as well.
0: Yeah, we talked about that not too long ago, how Vanguard launched into superannuation. Um, the other thing that they do really well in the US is financial advice. And they also yeah. do uh, like a platform for um, managing your money as well. Yeah. Uh, here in Australia, you've got like a what we would call a brokerage account. Um, they don't do the advice as far as I know. I don't think there's any of that sort of stuff here in Australia. Not yet. Not yet. Um, but they do do superannuation now. They've launched a product in that space so you can move your super over to Vanguard, which will be an, an attempt to get bigger balances and to get more people invested in an index fashion.
1: And most of their money is actually in funds, which people, you know, ETFs are, yeah. are common and what we all talk about now. But majority of Vanguard asset under manager will be in their US mutual funds or their Australian managed funds, yep. which are the non-listed version yep. and ETFs. I think the whole ETF market in Australia is only 100 billion or 110 billion. Yeah. Uh, so it's they offer a, a, a multiple options uh, all along that passive index tracking side.
0: It's interesting because most people that would probably listen to the show um, don't know this, but like. For a financial advisor, a managed fund is often better because you can negotiate on fees, not necessarily with Vanguard, but with some of them, you can get better rates if you yep. go direct. Yep. Um, so uh, that's like, a, there was always that incentive there, but whereas with an ETF, it's just whatever you get is off the shelf. Uh, interestingly, so Vanguard, yes, has this massive mutual fund business or managed fund. Mutual fund, by the way, just <laughs> means managed fund. Uh, it's, the US yep. says mutual fund, we say managed fund. Um, Primarily, Vanguard is known for like passive investing in ETFs, sorry, in equities or shares and bonds. Yep. However, um, it has active strategies. Yep. So, this is the thing that it's probably a bit of a-
1: And they distribute a few, uh, another manager here as well, I think.
0: Yeah. And it's a bit weird because what they deem as active is not what you and I would call active. Yeah. We'd call it smart beta or we'd call it factor-based investing, which is just like- Low PE stocks, value, high dividend momentum, momentum
1: like low volatility.
0: Yeah, yep. and these are based on academic studies that have been around since the '70s, which basically showed that there are a few different drivers of stock market or stock prices, statistically speaking. Like you said, momentum, which is just what was the share price a year ago versus today. Buy more of the ones that are going up. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, the value being like low PE ratio, low price to book ratio. Uh, quality is high return on equity. Low leverage. Yeah, low leverage. Um, and so you can quantitatively measure these companies and they can just bundle that into one big fund. Which is more along the lines of what
1: Dimensional does, which is a, they call it, I think it's evidence-based investing, yeah. where they're applying a more, rather than just uh, what, what you're seeing in Vanguard, a majority of it is an index approach that relies on size. So yep. you're buying, you're tracking indexes. Trying, buying uh, the biggest. Yeah, that are sized by market cap whereas what you're talking about is what more of what Dimensional do, which is blending the different factors or the different uh, drivers of returns.
0: Yeah, quantitatively. Like this. statistically, if you think about that statistic class you did at uni, they probably did about 10 of those, <laughs> maybe <laughs> more. <laughs> so they're trying to get all the statistics on all these different metrics or factors that we call them uh, to put them together. Interestingly... Um, Vanguard had this statement I noticed on their institutional website because they all have different like portals depending on who you are but one of the things one of the studies that they reference or one of the notes they say is quote 88% of our actively managed funds have outperformed the average returns of their peer groups over 10 years so um, in other words like these factor-based funds they say if you just take it like the value fund from Vanguard versus the value fund managers that do everything else um, the longer you go typically the more likely it is a rules-based strategy wins because long-term investing is about managing risks and basically repeatable processes are a way to manage and have transparency around risk like a fund manager that focuses on value investing only really needs to get like one or two wrong uh and then their track record is shot yeah um so another thing that you mentioned before is that etfs aren't their biggest game in town but it's probably fair to say that it will probably be the bigger driver the way we think about it over the next- That's where all the growth's going. It's where all the flows are going at the moment. I think most
1: other sectors have outflows. All the funds have outflows and ETFs the only region getting, area getting inflows.
0: And that's because, well, I think in Australia there's a big reason for this, but this is a global um, theme that we're seeing play out. But I'd say in Australia, because it is so hard to get advice for accumulators, the people that are adding money, they just go, well, I'll just put it in an ETF. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to- Automate bother with the paperwork. it, forget yeah. about it. Just chuck it in and see you later. And so, interestingly, Vanguard has the most money in their, in ETFs in Australia. So, they manage the most money by far, by a very long way. Like 60% of the market or close to. But it'd have to be something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, if I'm excluding Magellan. Yeah. If we're excluding Magellan. Um, now, the interesting thing is, even though it's by far the biggest- um, it actually turns out that it collects the third most fees. So much bigger, lower <laughs> fees. Yep. Um, Magellan is number one because it's an active fund that has ETF wrappers, yep. uh, which we, we'll cover ETFs in a bit. But then Beta Shares is right behind. So, in terms of the annualized fees that I calculated, uh, I think Vanguard is 66 million uh, for the whole of their ETF business whereas beta shares is a hundred million. Yep. And it just goes to show the difference between the fee loads on those types of ETFs. Um, So that's a really interesting thing to keep in mind. Finally... Uh, Vanguard is one of the things that I look at with Vanguard, mate, is the they do these 10-year forecasts, the macroeconomic outlooks. Oh, the
1: old uh, chart, the long-term chart.
0: Oh, yeah, the yeah. interactive charts. Yeah, yeah we, we'll put that in the show notes. I Just forgot about that. Put them on the
1: walls in the office usually.
0: Yeah, Vanguard interactive charts. I'm going to chuck this in the show notes. And it shows the
1: market always goes up. Yeah. This is where the concept <laughs> came from.
0: Yeah, yeah, stay invested, basically. Um, and these Vanguard interactive charts go back to in Australia, 1970. And they show interest rates, different asset classes and all this sort of stuff. Uh, It's incredible. Every quarter, I think they update them and people are like, oh, look at the latest chart and they print (laughs) it off and whatever. And it shows like it's the proof is in the pudding, right? But they also do this macro forecast, which is forward looking. And it's an attempt, like most of them do, to say, based on valuations across all asset classes, like Australian shares, US shares, blah, 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 what's the expected return? of these asset classes, broadly speaking. Yep. So, they're not forecasting like a, a broker would forecast a stock price. They're saying, based on these statistics, the likely outcome is somewhere in this region. So, I might be saying- Are they ever right? Well, it's hard to know because every, day, every year it's they updated. They change it. <laughs> so, but broadly, you'd probably say yes because they're typically like between 4 and 8%. And, and what the
1: long-term average return is. is yeah, 4 to 8%. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you know how you see those like forecasts like where it's like, I think the stock market's going to be X% this year. I always just say it's probably going to be somewhere between 4 and
1: 8% or 4 and 10%. I've got a folder on my, on my uh, favorites called BS calls. <laughs> and most of them is where someone's predicted that or predicted doom. And I just like to remind myself <laughs> how everyone gets it wrong.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think that's the folly. Like the folly is basically trying to predict what happens in the short term. We talked about in another one of these short episodes that how hard it is to predict in the short term because it's based on sentiment. Yeah. It's based on what people think. So, you're predicting what people are going to think, which is very hard.
1: So, control what you can control. Yeah. In this case, cost.
0: Yeah, cost. Um, You know what you're invested in because ETFs from Vanguard are fully transparent. You know exactly what's in there every single day of the week, Um, which is more than can be said for a lot of others. But it's fair to say that Vanguard has got secret sauce. Even amongst ETF providers, it has this kind of brand esteem around it where it's very unique and it's very strong in yep. its messaging. Um, a lot of people just say, if you're going to invest in NTF just go to Vanguard. Yeah. W- it's it, quite a selection. Even the mighty Warren Buffett, the greatest investor who has ever lived, arguably, says, put it all in I Vanguard. I disagree with that. Yeah. yeah, because it, I know why you disagree. <laughs> we'll do a separate session on that, but basically, what would be the 30-second the version of that?
1: Why I disagree. Yeah.
0: Well, why do you because disagree with what di- Buffett says? Because that? he
1: does the complete opposite.
0: Yeah, he does yeah. the complete opposite.
1: Yeah. And tells everyone else to do the opposite. And, you know, if- Without passive investing, you can't be active on the other side, can you? If gotcha. everyone was passive, then everyone would get the average.
0: Unless you can exploit the average. <laughs> yeah. Which we'll talk about when we talk about Warren Buffett.
1: It's just that ownership structure that that's completely changed the game. Like he's yeah. not just Australia, but finance and investors all over the world. Yep. Like the ability to have almost a co-op structure in a funds management business
0: infinite scale. You can, under,
1: you can understand why it took him 23 years to convince people yeah. that that was, you're not going to make any money. Yeah. It was like his his pitch.
0: Yes, yeah. I know. <laughs> I could be a trillionaire, but I'm not going to be. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it works.
1: And the, and the fees keep dropping lower. Yeah. Which yeah. Is,
0: it's um, I, in the pudding. Every couple of years, all of the funds drop their fees, basically.
1: And I think this idea of using lower cost core an index fund, whether that's Vanguard or BlackRock or someone else, is it's increasingly making sense. Control what you can control. It's nearly free. So we say beta is free or market Mm -hmm. returns are free. But the warning would be you're guaranteed the average. All you're going to get is the benchmark minus the fee, which isn't much, and that's it. It'll it'll do whatever the market does.
0: Yeah. Um, Another counterpoint might be, just on that, we'll cover that separately, but another counterpoint might be we're seeing more companies stay in private markets not come unless there's shares on the stock exchange yeah which means that there's fewer stocks on the stock exchange yeah um which obviously hurts passive investing because or like index funds because they can only track the index of which there are stocks in it yeah so if there are fewer stocks in it you're not going to get as much exposure
1: yeah and and we've said in the past indexing isn't for everything in every asset class and every sector and every yeah country
0: yeah so that is Vanguard. If you want to learn more about Vanguard, which I know a lot of you do, uh, you can head to the Vanguard Australia website. We'll also put a link in for the Vanguard Interactive Charts. I'll put a link into our website, Best ETFs, which lists the Australian uh, ETFs, that not just from Vanguard, but from everyone that's available. Uh, there are some free reports on that website as well for the particular uh, ETFs that are really popular. And there's a book written by John Bogle called The Little Book of Common Sense Investing, which everyone who reads this says has changed their life. and the way they go about investing. So, maybe that's a good sign that it's worth reading. Um, But, Drew, if people want to find out more about you.
1: Is it easier to read than the Benjamin Well, I've never
0: read it. I've never read it. So, I'm just recommending it without even reading it. Because everyone who comes on the show basically says, it's a brilliant book. Read it. Yeah. Okay. Some are reading by the end of this series. I'm going to read the book. Me too. Done. Deal. Okay, deal. We'll get to page 10. We'll both be like, what are you up to? (laughs) Shh, don't mention it that's it <laughs> so drew people can head to waddlepartners.com.au <laughs> slash contact yes um, you'll find a link in your podcast play you can get in contact with drew and the financial planning team at waddle partners
1: email is uh, always appreciated
0: yeah emails yeah are great so uh check out the show notes for that and you can find me on any of the rask websites uh, and you can also get in contact with us via the rask websites there's a menu item that says ask a question just select the australian investors podcast well, mate, that was 21 minutes. We went slightly over time, but uh, thanks for joining me. Thank you. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing.